So much has been written about love. So much has been said about the topic of love. In fact, I bet more than any other topic in the world other than potentially God himself, love gets focus. It gets attention. In fact, it may be the most talked about topic because people who follow God and people who don't follow God talk about love. It's a big deal. And so much of our culture just revolves around it from everything, from entertainment to music to all of it. I mean, I think of the movies that are about love and the quotes. I go to one of the greatest movies of all time, The Princess Bride, because the impressive clergyman said, and love, true love, will follow you forever. Weird to see it spelled out, isn't it? Isn't that great? If you don't know that, if you know, you know. If you don't know, you need to go watch that before you go to bed uh, today. That, that You would be blessed. It's just funny. And then the music. Oh, my goodness. You think back to songs like, hey, let's go old school. Let's go Jackie DeShannon, 1965. What the world needs now. Yeah, you know, is love. Sweet love. Everybody's, everybody. It's the only thing that there's just too little love. Right? Right? Yeah. See? You'll be humming that all the way to bed. You're welcome. You're welcome. Love touches on literature, doesn't it? Deep thinking, rich statements like this one. Russian novelist Fyodor Dostoevsky writes, to love someone means to see him as God intended him. That's a big statement. That's rich. To love somebody is to see them the way God intended them to be seen. So when I say the word love, immediately you get flooded with thoughts and images and feelings. Everybody does. And perhaps and hopefully the, the feelings you're having and the thoughts you're having and the images are positive and good things. Maybe you feel good, right? And you're already, yeah, that, yeah, when I think love, I get the warm fuzzies. I think that'd be great. But honestly, many of you, when you hear the word love, immediately fight off feelings of painful memories, difficult things that you've had to endure. When you hear the word love, you may think, yep, that's what I'm trying to find. Or maybe you're thinking, yeah, that's, I'm just trying to get that right. I'm just trying to do that better. Maybe your mind goes to romance or marriage and children and family or your closest friends. Or maybe when you hear the word love, you think on a much broader scale, your mind goes to all humanity, the human race, and the needs that we have, and the fact that somehow, regardless of what we believe, regardless of where we are, we're somehow connected as brothers and sisters. There's some rats bowling underneath the stage. <laughs> Let's do this. I got these things everywhere. Yeah. What was I saying? 
Anybody want to rewind that and go back? This is why I have notes. Someone says, hey, do you use notes? I sure do. They're right up here and for these moments right now. When you hear the word love, you may be thinking on the broader scale of how that applies to the human race. A lot of people think a lot of different things, but I think most people have a pretty good understanding of how love works. I think most people, when they, when they hear the word love, they would find themselves standing beside Forrest Gump declaring to Jenny, I know what love is, right? Because it's got something to do with kindness and it's got something to do with caring and it's got something to do with being nice. It's got something to do with being patient. Most people have a general idea, but then you look around and go, I wonder why we messed this up so much. I wonder why we screw this up so much, this whole love thing. I wonder why so much attention is given to it, yet it's so lacking. Isn't that puzzling? I think a way to understand love is to understand it in the most basic, most foundational way as two things. First of all, love is about feelings. It does have something to do with what you feel. But love can feel good. That's always the good part. But love would also feel pretty bad, pretty nasty, often painful. You see, when love feels good, it's good. No problem when love feels good. You're thinking Valentine's Day is coming up, thinking good feelings. This is great. I'm going to express my love to my special someone. Those are the good feelings, you know, the, the warm fuzzies. But at the same time, love can also feel very bad. And this is what a lot of people miss. When you are gathered to mourn the loss of someone in your life, someone in your family, and you're gathered at the memorial or the funeral or at the graveside, that pain you feel, that ache, that emptiness, do you know why that's there? Because of love. Love often hurts, and the reason you hurt is because you love. Isn't it interesting that we hear of people dying all the time, all over the world, and it may make us sad, and it may be unfortunate, and we may be going, well, that's just, that's just not, oh, that's just awful. But we don't hurt that way. Why? Because we haven't loved that way. So love brings good feelings. Love brings bad feelings when we hurt and experience pain because of how deeply we love. Yet, love, make no mistake, is about feelings. But foundationally, it's more about something else. It includes feelings, but first and foremost, above all other things, and you would agree that love is about action. It's not just about what you say, and it's not just about what you feel. It's about what you display. It's about what you put on display. It's about your behavior. Let's go back to Valentine's Day. You can say, oh, I love them. Well, then try not showing them in a couple of weeks on Valentine's Day, right? You say, oh, I love her. Well, then don't get her anything and see how that goes. Or I love him. Okay, well, just ignore him on that day and see how that goes. Because here's, we know this. We know this. Oh, I wouldn't do that. Why? Because you know. Oh, you don't, you don't, you don't not recognize, you don't not show because you can't just say, I mean, you have to put it on display. Love is feelings and yes, it is actions. It is mostly something you do. While it does feel good and bad, we know at the end of the day, love must be shown. 
This is precisely what John the Apostle was talking about in 1 John chapter 3, when he wrote to a group of Christians in the first century and he said, dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let's not merely just say this. Let's show the truth. Let's show the truth by our actions. So it's not enough just to say it. Don't just say it. Show it. And here's the interesting thing. What you show reveals the truth. What you show reveals the truth. Now, yeah, anybody can have a bad moment. And yeah, you can have a lapse in focus. And yeah, you can have a selfish streak and all that kind of stuff. But over time, what you show reveals the truth of your love. That's why it's interesting when I hear people say these big, bold statements. And they sound good, especially in church and in, among Christians. You know, I love everybody. Pastor, I love everybody. There's not anybody in the world I don't love. I, even people I don't know, I just love them. I love everybody. And I'm thinking, well, that just sounds great. That sounds so sweet. But if you think about it, man, that's, you're obligating yourself for a lot of action. You are obligating yourself for a lot of show. And man, that's, that's a lot of pressure because... Love ultimately is just that. John kept writing. First John chapter three, he kept writing in the letter, even though back then they didn't put it when he wrote it, he wasn't writing chapters and verses that was put in later so that we could find our place right in this ancient literature. And so he goes on in his letter and he continues to write about love and he gets to this section of love that continues to talk about the action and and how God showed it to us and how we should show it to each other. He gets to this part in 1 John chapter 4 that we've already read together today. It's the part that we have displayed in the lobby here in Kernersville and in Oak Ridge. In both of our locations, you've got this on, on the wall in the lobby. This is, this is huge. In fact, I would encourage you to read this. Read this on your own this week. You'd be good to read this one time a day for the next week. You, you would be so encouraged and challenged. First John chapter four, he goes on and he says, dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. That's why we should love each other. Love comes from God and God is love. Isn't that fascinating? Isn't that interesting that he would say God is love? He could have chosen any word and God is a lot of things. We use a lot of descriptors for God, don't we? And he could have said, God is great. God is just God is good. He could have said God is truth. He could have even said God is right. But he didn't. And he would have been correct in using any of those descriptors of God. Because God is all of that and so, so, so much more. But what did he choose? He chose the word love. Because love is the most basic and the purest and simplest understanding of who God is and what God is about. Who God is and what God is about is understood best with love. We know this. This is how we know this. Look at this. This is how. This is how. This is how God showed us his love among us. This is how we know that God is love. He sent his one and only son, Jesus, into the world so that we might live, have life through him. This is how we know that God is love. When God got ready to show us how much he loved us, what? John wrote in John three sixteen. That God loved the world so much he gave his one and only son. Here he is again saying the very same kind of thing to a different group of people. God is love. How do we know God is love? Because he showed us his love. He put it into action. Took it way beyond sentiment and put it into action. Into behavior. And he sent his one and only son 
changed us forever. And look at this. Since God loved us, since God so loved us, in other words, since God loved us this much, we also ought to love one another. Since God loved us this much, then we ought to love each other that much. And then it's almost like out of left field. He makes this next statement that seems out of place, but it's not. No one has seen God. No, No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Like what? What's that got to do with anything? I mean, he's talking about God is love. This is how we know God is love. He showed his love by sending his son Jesus and Jesus gave his life for us. And all right, I'm following that train of thought and God loved us that much. So we ought to love each other that much. Okay, it all, it's all making sense. And then he says, no one's ever seen God. Okay, true statement, but what's that got to do with anything? What's that got to do with love? He says, but even though no one's ever seen God, check this out. If you love each other, something happens. And when you love each other the way God has loved you, something happens. Something shifts in the atmosphere. And ultimately what he's getting at is no one's ever seen God, but when you love each other, they get a glimpse of God through your love because you're loving like God has loved you. No one's ever seen God, but when people see how you treat each other and how you love each other, the whole idea is that they get a glimpse of who God is because God is love. That's how people best understand who God is. Isn't that fascinating? And then this statement here that just kind of puts it all together. We love because he first loved us. He started this whole thing. He made up this whole thing. And we can love because he loved us. We do for each other what he has done for us. And at the summit, we focus on this and we summarize this with a two-word challenge. And that is to simply love first. Why? Because we are recipients of God's love. We are recipients of God's love first and foremost, and it is just natural to share that with others. What kind of love that we have received? What kind of love is this that we've received that we share with each other? It's a love first kind of love where we just love first and love first becomes our starting point and our go-to. That love first is something, this is how we start, and this is, this is our default setting. We're going to go back to this time and time and time and time again. Why? Because God is love. Imagine how life would be different if love first was your starting point. Imagine what that might look like. If your starting point for your relationships was to love first. In every situation, with everyone, all the time. If that was my starting point and your starting point, imagine if our starting point was not selfishness or self-centeredness or I'd like to do things my way. I want to go with my idea. What if, what if our starting point was just simply to love first, period. Can you imagine what that would solve right then and there. In your marriage, wow. In your parenting, at work, in our culture. I mean, just think if just Christians got this right. If just the Christians in churches, if our starting point with culture was not, 
we disagree with them and we're going to boycott them and we're going to cancel them and we don't agree with them and blah, blah, blah. What if our starting point was to love first? Love first. And some of you are thinking, well, that's not enough. Okay, we'll get to you. We'll get to you. We'll get there. But what is that? What, can you imagine what that would do? Here's another way to say it. When I don't know where to begin, I'll love first. Imagine if that was your attitude. When I don't know where to begin, because sometimes you don't know where to begin. Sometimes I don't know where to begin. Sometimes I'm pretty confused with, with how to put together what I should do and what I should say. And if I just said, okay, when I don't know, when I'm confused, I'm a little fuzzy on next steps. If I just do the loving thing first, that's a starting point. And imagine, imagine if it was not only our starting point, but if love first was our go-to, if it was our default setting of what we, how we respond first, before we respond with defensiveness, oh yeah, well you don't get it and you don't understand and you got the whole thing wrong. And what if our response was, and our go-to was to love first, not be defensive, not blame Oh yeah, well you've got it and not shame. Well, it's your fault and you don't and you're not innocent either. And this was what if we just love first? What if that was our go-to response instead of proving that we were right or trying to be right? Or trying to prove a point or make a point. Well, listen, I love being right. I love being right. It's a blast. And I love to prove a point. I love, don't you love that feeling on the inside of going, yeah, that was my hunch all along and I was actually right. <laughs> you don't have to say it. We know it. Yeah, don't you, doesn't that feel good? I mean, that just appeals to our humanness. Yeah, but, but when that becomes my go-to and your go-to, we create a big mess. Wouldn't it solve just so much? Wouldn't so much conflict get solved if the go-to response, when they were trying to pick the fight, was that you responded with a love first? instead of reciprocating. Can you imagine how this would change so much? Here's another way to say it. When I don't know what to say or do, love first will be my go-to. When I don't know what to say or do, imagine what would happen if love first was our go-to. Which sounds good to say all this, doesn't it? And, and wouldn't it be great if it was as easy to do as it was to talk about. But it's really, really challenging. It's really, really hard. Do you know why love first is so hard? Well, many reasons, but I just want to suggest a couple of things that I think we could all relate to. One of the challenges with loving first as a starting point and a go-to is that it just doesn't seem to be a strong enough response for the problems that are going on in the world. It just doesn't seem to be strong enough. Think about it. I mean, you look around the world and look at all the issues. Doesn't it often seem that, well, what we should do is just be loving to those people? Doesn't that just seem like a little soft? I'd tell you what we should do. We should put them in their place. We should lock them all up. We should lower the boom. Yeah, yeah. We should send them to another country if that's the way they want to be. Yeah. It's so easy to watch Fox and CNN and scroll through the internet and be thinking, love? These idiots? These crazies? <sighs> These people that are causing so much problems and hurting so many others? That's soft. That's cushy. That's, 
Seems too soft. When you look at the issues in the world, when you, let me be more specific, when you look at the sin in the world and in people's lives and the issues they have, doesn't it often seem that a loving response is a little soft, is a little cushy? It's like a little permissive. I mean, what about accountability? I mean, what about just telling it like it is? Tell with these people, and they need to be held accountable. See, that, that's often what rises up. Here's the deal. Love is not soft. Love is not cushy. Love is not permissive. Real love deals with true reality. Real reality, but does so in a very loving way. In a way that often doesn't seem or feel fair. Love is not fair. Love never has been fair. And real love never will be completely fair. And you're grateful for that if you think about it. You say, well, no, I think people, I think, I think people should be treated fairly. No, 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 no. You think other people should be treated fairly. You don't want to be treated fairly because there's this word that we love, this word that we, that we talk about and we pray for and we're so grateful for as followers of God and we pray for more of this word that I'm thinking of that you don't get any of these words, this word that I'm thinking about. You don't get any of it if, if life is completely fair. It's the word blessing. Do you know what makes a blessing a blessing? Is that you don't deserve it. If you deserve it, it's not a blessing, it's a reward. <laughs> it's payment, right? But you know you've been blessed way beyond what you deserve. And if God was completely fair with you, you can ick those blessings, you'd never see them. So let's be honest, I don't, I don't want fairness, I want grace. I don't want fairness, I want mercy. I don't want fairness. I want God to love me unconditionally, without condition. I don't, I don't want God to treat me completely fair. I don't want to live in that world. I want you to be held. <laughs> I want you and you and you, and I want the world, and I want Washington and government and Republicans and the Democrats, and I want, I want, I want all the people I don't agree with. Now, I want them. Right. You see? Just think, when it comes to love, it often doesn't seem strong enough. But, oh, it is. It is. That's why it's so challenging to do this. Another way to understand a challenge with love first is that love is simply a lose-win. And we need to get comfortable with this. Love is a lose-win. Real love requires something from you first. It just does. Now, now, what I want and you want is the win-win. In fact, if we're remembering the episode of The Office, what we want is a win-win-win. It's better to remember that episode? Maybe not. That's a great episode. A win-win. That's what we want. And sometimes love is easy. Sometimes, not often, but sometimes love is easy, and it is a real quick win-win. That someone's easy to love, and it feels good right? You love them, they love you, and it's reciprocated, and it's all, oh, you have those moments. You do have those moments, right? Uh, you have those moments as husbands and wife where it's just everything just falls into place, and it's just, oh, and it's memorable, and if it could only be like this, you know, kind of like the first date. Last time you felt that. Um, you know, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just kidding, but, you know, parents, you know those times when the kids are, like, perfect, 
Yeah, it's only happened a couple of times. But that, that time was like, they were perfect. And they said the right thing and they did the right thing and they responded the right way. And wasn't it so easy to be loving and to smile at them and they smile at you and it's like a pretty Bunch moment. That's what we want. And it, it happens rarely. Most of the time though, love feels more like a lose-lose. It feels like a lose-lose. That I've lost... First of all, because you've mistreated me, you've hurt me, you've caused pain, you've disappointed me. And now you're telling me, pastor, that I'm supposed to respond with love on top of that? That feels like I'm losing twice, back to back. That my husband does this, my wife said this, my kids do this, my parents do this. These people I work with, they say this and they, and now I'm supposed to be loving to them? That feels like a lose-lose. not true it does begin with a loss but it ends with a win love is a lose win to love first means to go first and you serve first and you sacrifice first and you give first over and over and over again and 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 you step up first and you say it first and you're patient first You just go first. You love first means you lose first. And the end result of that is a big old win. It's a win for them. It's a win for you. It's a win for your marriage. It's a win for your family. It's a win for relationships. And you know this is true. If you think about it, you've seen those times. You've seen it time and time and time again. We know it's true when we look at Jesus. Just one image, Jesus hanging on the cross. You talk about a loss he was taken. On a cosmic level, he was losing everything on purpose. And what was the end result? The world won for all eternity. And you won, and I won, and heaven won. Past, present, future, all humanity won because of his loss. And that's the perfect picture of love. Love is a lose, win, and that's hard that's what makes it challenging. It doesn't, it doesn't seem strong enough. It seems like we should just really lower the boom on people, except we don't want that, do we? And it's really hard to get comfortable with this lose-win thing, this lose-win, because we just don't want to lose but, lose, but love requires a loss so that you can win. I wrote some descriptors down, and we'll put up on the screen. Maybe this will help it settle in a little bit. I want you to think about the people in your life that are really hard to love. And understand that when we love first, we have to deal with the mess. If you don't want to deal with messy situations, you'll never be able to love. Love walks right into messy situations. Love deals with messy situations. Love first deals with exceptions, the exceptions. The exceptions to the rules. Now, here's the deal. We like rules. We all like rules. Man, you don't like to keep the rules, but you like that there are rules for everybody else, you know? We like things black and white, black and white, cut and dry, in or out. We like to know where everybody lines up. We hate exceptions. We hate the gray areas until we want it. But, you know, we hate it for everybody else. Love first dives into the exceptions and is constantly dealing with the exceptions. That's what it means to love first. 
You don't try to push everybody into one way or the other. Love first deals with the awkward moments. Lots of awkward moments when you love first. Difficult conversations. That's what happens when you love first. When you love first, you're going to be misunderstood. You just will be misunderstood. You're going to be misunderstood. What you believe is going to be misunderstood. People are going to listen to what you say when you're loving first and watch who you spend time with when you love first and how you treat other people when you love first. And they're going to misunderstand who you really are and what you're about. And they're going to draw conclusions. Oh, I bet they believe. I bet they voted for. I bet they're really about. And they're going to misunderstand what you believe, what you meant, how you think, and what you're about. Hey, that just comes with the territory if you're going to love first. Do you know? I wish we had time. This could be a whole series in itself. How often Jesus was misunderstood. He was misunderstood all the time. But they put words in his mouth, stuff he never said. Love first is just uncomfortable. If you're going to love first, get ready to listen a lot and learn a lot and grow a lot and change a lot. Get comfortable with giving people another chance. That's what love first does. At least as many chances as you've been given. Risk, mm-hmm. love first. Losing now to gain more later. We're going to lose first so we can win later. That's what loving first is about. And the beautiful thing is this kind of love, a love first kind of love has a supernatural power about it. More than any other choice I know, more than any other emotion that I know, when love is offered first, there's nothing like it. Not in your marriage, not in your family, with your kids, with those people that you don't really don't care that much for, when you treat the, you know, there are going to be people that are easy to love, and this is a little bit easier. There are going to be people who are hard to love. Yeah, there are going to be people that are close to you. That's a little bit easier. People that are far away from you relationally, this is going to be a little bit harder. You did this kind of stuff for the people you agree with and the people you disagree with. The people that are like you and the people that are different than you, they believe different, they live different, they look different. You do this for the people that you think are right, Get this, this is how you treat people who are wrong. You love them first. I'm just telling you, it has a supernatural power about it. In fact, you know this. Love's greatest impact in your life, if you think about your own story, the greatest impact love has ever had in your life has come at the moments when you've experienced love first from someone else when you expected for them to lower the boom on you. You expect it. Oh, I've done it now. It's over. I'll never have another chance. You expected judgment. You expected a lecture. And instead, they believed in you anyway. They gave you a new start anyway. They gave you another chance. They forgave you. They loved you first. And those are the moments that have changed your life forever. And by the way, that's the way God treats us all the time. And then we're told, since God loved you this much, you should love each other. So in the next three weeks, what we're going to do is we're going to unpack love first. And this power, this power, supernatural power to change us in ways that maybe we never have expected. 
I'm telling you, you need this. I need this. And we're going to be answering this question right here. What happens when I love someone? Specifically, when I love someone with a love first kind of love. More specifically, when I love someone the way God loves me. What happens when I love somebody like that? What happens in my marriage? What happens with my family? What happens in my friendships? What happens with complete strangers? What happens with the people I work with that I really don't like? When I love them like this. Like God has loved me. I'm telling you, it's life-changing. We're going to find out. It's mysterious, almost magical what happens. It's transcendent. It is sacred, it is holy, and it is real. When love first becomes our true north, when love first becomes our center, everything, everything is affected and changed by that. And that is my prayer for you and my prayer for every single one of us and my prayer for this church. That love first would not just be something we put on a t-shirt. Love first is not something we put on a wall. Love first is just the way we live. Are people going to misunderstand what we mean by that? Well, yeah, that just kind of comes with the territory. But you wait until they get a load of it. Wait until they get a load of this. Wait until they get a load of love first. And they'll never be the same. And then they'll get a glimpse of the God who loves us. And they'll be forever changed. See, that's the whole point anyway. Let's pray. Dear Father, we thank you for this. I need this reminder as a husband and a dad, as a pastor, as a friend, as a teammate, as a human being, as an American citizen, I need this reminder. There's not a single person in this room or watching online that doesn't need it, regardless of where they are spiritually, regardless, man, woman, young, old. Nobody's beyond it, and anybody that dismisses it just proves their need of it. Father, this is what it's all about, to help us, help me, to love as we have been loved and understand you are the essence of love. When we find ourselves just wanting to lower the boom and let them have it and point the finger and make sure everything is fair, help us to know that's not how you treated us. And you expect us to treat each other the same way that you treat us. So help us to simply love first and learn what that is about and live it in Jesus' name. Amen.